So who's buying all these new homes? As we talked about lumber, we talked about the continuing demand for new home sales. And we've been looking for all indicators in this pandemic, especially when we're getting out of it now, on how are we doing? We're hearing about sacks of money that people have put away, and now they're ready to roaring 20s kind of spend it. Well, one of the indicators always when we look at an economy and growth is new home sales. And in the greater Toronto, area. It looks like this year, yeah, this year I could be one of the best in a long time. David Wilkes is joining us live, president and CEO of Build. Dave, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Arlene, always a pleasure to, to talk about new home sales. Thank you. It is an indicator, and we're getting some predictions that this could be a banner year. What's driving it? Yeah, I, I think there's been a number of things that have been driving the new home sales across the GTA over the last 18 months uh, during and now coming out of the, hopefully coming out of the uh, pandemic. Um, as we looked at, uh, at the course of the market, initially we saw very strong demand in the 905 regions, as, as we called it at the time, a race for space, where people were, were looking at their homes, uh, recognizing that you know, during the pandemic, they were going to be more than this shelter. They were going to be offices and places for entertainment. And we saw tremendous sales of single-family homes uh, like we never had be, be seen before. Uh, as we, we are coming out of the pandemic, we're seeing strength return to the, the condo market uh, throughout the GTA and, you know, uh, areas up in York region, out in, in Peel and, and in the city of Toronto downtown core. As, the, as people return to downtown, as we see students coming back to post-secondary institutions. Now, not only are the new home sales at single family continuing, strength is coming back into condos. So um, it, it has been quite a, um, a resilient sector during the, the pandemic and coming out of it. And uh, I really think it's because the house is more than a home. It's those other things that we've talked about. You know, and you also mentioned something we thought was a trend. Now you're saying people are, are looking at their homes as a kind of a, a complex where they do everything. On the other hand, we were worried about the condo sales and commercial real estate. Is that all bouncing back up? Yeah, I, I think uh, commercial real estate and, and condos are two separate markets for sure. Uh, I think from the, the condo side, uh, we uh, the sales are still not uh, where they had been uh, from a June over June mark, but they are above the 10-year average. So from a longer-term perspective, yes. Um, uh, I think there's, a, you know, as we return to normal immigration uh, level, mm -hmm. certainly uh, we haven't seen immigration within our country or, you know, around the world for the last couple of years. That's going to be another factor that will drive uh, new home sales in the condo side of the market. So, yeah, I, there there is um, signs of the that it's returning, and I think it will. You know, commercial... Uh, from you know the retail sector and 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 warehousing, uh, other areas that uh, that our membership uh, focuses on building uh, facilities for. Certainly on the warehouse side, there's been tremendous demand uh, because of the change in shopping, right? Which uh, where people mm -hmm. are certainly ordering more online. So it's a very fascinating market right now, Arlene, just because there's so many dynamics that, quite honestly, we didn't expect. No one expected the pandemic, and then trying to figure out what the long term looks like. Uh, I mean, one, one point that is a consistent uh, demand for housing in the GTA is certainly outstripping the supply. It has for a long time, and that's one of the core factors that is leading to some of the affordability challenges. 
It is. You know, could you use the word fickle? Because, you know, condos, people were backing away. Now it looks like they're coming back. People are looking at their homes and saying, okay, we want more. I, You know, I can almost read the headline now in a couple of years. Many people bought homes that were too big for them and built homes that were too big to them. And then now they want to move to something smaller. Is there an agility in demand right now? Yeah, I would prefer the word agility than fickle, uh, yeah. because I think there is there is a permanence in the demand, and and, and as I said, that uh, you know we just aren't building uh, for a variety of reasons uh, enough homes to facilitate the supply. We look long term, and according to Government Ontario forecasts, as part of its growth plan by 2051, uh, the the government is predicting an extra four million plus people living within the GTA. So. So that is sort of a, a structural norm. The individual type of product, whether it be a single family, a townhouse, or a condo, that's always been part of the housing market. And as people, you know, move through starting out, forming a family, becoming ex nesters, moving into retirement, the type of product changes. I know that in my own personal situation. So uh, I think agility is the right word. Structural demand will remain strong. And we've seen a faster rate of agility, if you will, throughout the pandemic because of the topics we've been discussing. And when we talk about new builds, is that because people don't want to shop to look for all the things they need? They're wanting to take control and develop and design the kind of new modern home they need right now. Yeah, I, I'm. Uh, I I think there's some of that, uh, and certainly we've seen strength in our renovation sector, where mm-hmm. people are wanting to do exactly what you described, Arlene, shaping their home into something that it currently isn't. And we've seen tremendous strength in the renovation side as well. So I also think a lot of the the demand on new build is where it's being built. All right. So a lot of that is in that 905 uh, area from a single family perspective that offers, you know, perhaps a different lifestyle than somebody that was uh, living in a more urban area. And as they're looking for that race for space, that green fields and whatnot, that's been some of what's been driving this market as well. So it's not only what's inside the home, but what's around the home that has been uh, um, a component of the, uh, of the market over the last several months. Uh, Dave, in takeaways, what has changed in in the home market, in the building market? The pandemic, you know, is uh, leaving behind different terrain, like the ice age as it melts. And <laughs> what are we seeing here that that you think may be sticking around? Well, I'm a geographer by academic training a long time ago, so uh, ice age is a, is an interesting example. So, I, if I may continue with that. I think some of the, mm-hmm. the glacial till, some of what's being left behind is a, <laughs> an appreciation of what the home is and, and how I, I really think that in the last 18 months, we've changed the nature of our lifestyles. And the home is going to be, you know, part office, part shelter and where people are, are comfortable entertaining. And I think people are structuring their homes to do that. You know, what the bedrock if is, is that we don't have enough supply. And we need more supply. And there's a number of things that governments can do uh, to enhance that supply. I also think governments need to take a hard look at the way new home development is taxed. And, you know, right now it's about 25% of the cost of a new home is in the fees and charges that government puts on. So I think part of the bedrock problem we have hasn't gone away during this ice age, if I can continue with the metaphor. And that's where we need to focus next. And, and I think that is certainly... Uh, something that we as an industry association will be and 
we've seen some changes at the provincial government level that are what we believe in going in the right direction, and we need to continue that work with the municipalities across okay, the Okay, final, final question. I'll continue here. I mean, mm-hmm. as the ice melts, do we have new opportunities or challenges? There is a controversy about moving into green belts and what to do about this pressure. Do you give up on some of the other environmental factors? Yeah, specifically on the green belt, we recognize that that's something that's very important to the, the quality of life in the GTA. It's not... Uh, uh, we don't believe developing within the green belt proper is uh, is something that uh, we're advocating for and is on the table, and the provincial government has made that very clear. But what I do believe as the ice melts, we need to look at how we're going to manage the growth. Where will that development occur? How, what type of infrastructure do we need to be building now? What is that, that role of you know the taxing of new development and ensuring that we don't create additional affordability challenges? How do we bring enough supply on to meet that demand because when the ice melts and we're standing on the sunny beach, we're doing well on this metaphor here. We are, um, we're really working it. Uh, there's 4.4 more million people coming approximately by 2051. How do we accommodate them? And those discussions need to happen now around land availability, infrastructure, making sure that it takes 10 years approximately from start to finish Half of that is the approval system within municipalities. How do we bring market product onto market quicker? Those are all the things that we need to focus on uh, as we go forward. Dave Wilkes, President and CEO of Build. Thank you for joining us. Take care. Thank you very much. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.